Shut up and sit down. Our water is highly, highly polluted. The marine animals that are dying. This is everybody's problem. We need to move faster and we need to move further to educate leaders because the leaders can then become the activists. Start to embrace the circular economy. Join the Planet Calls weekly podcast sessions where co-founders Leslie and Amor discuss topical issues around sustainability and how we can rebuild a more sustainable world. Thank you for tuning into Rebuilding a More Sustainable World podcast with your hosts, Leslie and Amor. Our guest today is Tel Munzing, the founder and managing director of One Transformation. Today, we're talking about how to achieve sustainable development through transforming mindsets, organizations, and the economy. Welcome to our show, Tel. We're thrilled that you could join us. Well, it's a real pleasure, Amor and Leslie, to be with you today. Well, I've been eternally curious about transformations. And as humans, we go through a number of transformations all our life. And in my mind, they should be game-changing and lead to a sustainable way of living. But are they really? Hopefully today, you'll reveal some of your transformational insights with our listeners. Let's kick off with getting to know you a bit better. Can you tell us a bit about one transformation, why it was set up, as well as a little bit about yourself? Yes, thank you. I mean, One Transformation, as it is really in the name, is um, an organization that's trying to bring together all the different transformations that we experience as humans, and uh, especially as we also operate in our working lives. And um, if you look today at business or as individuals, we face challenges around digitalization, sustainability, the environmental breakdown um, that people see differently sometimes from social issues, but they are all interrelated. And making sense of all these different uh, transformations at one time is the challenge of our times, really. And if we look at systems change, people usually look at one or two of these and their interlinkages, but never grasp the whole. And so we face very often inefficiencies and and uh, lose ends when we talk about these kind of things. And what we're trying to do is really to help people and organizations to get a grip with all the different situations going on at the same time and using these kind of synergies that there are to uh, enable a faster and more effective transformation. And the number one also stands for our core belief that each individual is the key to this transformation. And everyone and each individual is transforming at their own pace in time and so we look at this as a very integral part of our work and make sure that the people as they are moving through the transformation the personal and the organizational transformation are really being an integral part to all of this that sounds really transformational <laughs> now tell a lot of people are continually striving for excellence and improvement one way that we've been doing this at our company, The Planet Calls, is to continuously test the model, tweak it, adapt our processes and mindset, implement, and then test again. It would be really great to hear about the process that you would follow when taking a client through a business transformation. Within the businesses, you can always start at different levels and in different areas. 
And so whether you start with a sustainability question, whether you start with a digitalization question, whatever your question you start with, uh, it ultimately boils down to the uh, perspective that you have um, as the overarching perspective, right? So that's what we uh, look at when we look at the mindset and the level of the maturity of the organization. And I think um, the maturity also then reflects on the readiness to embrace uh, this transformation and the holistic transformation that we all are needing to go through. And it's a very delicate process to either have a conversation with a board or with the owners of the business, or even when you're with a, in the function, to encourage you to have the conversation, to enable this conversation across different functions so that actually the kind of solid groundswell is happening throughout the organization that this um, can actually manifest itself. So for us, the process can end, uh, start and end in a way in uh, any of the departments or in any of the levels of the hierarchy to begin with. And then what we do is, uh, as I said in the first uh, answer, is we really look at, so where are the people, where's the team, where's the whole organization in terms of the culture and the way they interact with each other. Because it's really about how everyone is um, being part of this journey. And um, that's what we really enable as our first step is this kind of conversation. And that boils down to the question, do we all have the same understanding of uh, how we look at ourselves, right? Do we have the same language to talk about the, the, uh, ourselves? And do we have the same perspective on sustainability? So what are the topics that we're really interested in, that are really getting motivated us and that are really important for our business? And I think you need to have this kind of common base as a human being and as a kind of business. And when you've established this kind of sense of transformation for self and transformation within a sector or within a kind of society, then you can have a conversation about so how do we actually go forward within our business? And then you're in a normal process of transformation where you break it down to, so what is our ambition? What's our vision? What kind of opportunity space is there? Where do we create a positive impact? What's the level of abundance that we can create and bring to the world? And what strategies stay open to us? What collaborations do we need? And um, how do we then close the systems and make sure that the implementation is going smoothly? And these are the different elements that one would do as part of a linear process. But parallel to this is always this kind of non-linear process of people and their understanding of the issues and their readiness to engage and collaborate, whether it's the internal world or external partners. And that's what gives this kind of transformation a kind of, um, yeah, a kind of fascination and a kind of energy that can speed up things tremendously and sometimes slow it down. But that's the level of the game that we're at. Uh, it's quite funny, while you were speaking, I was also thinking about that readiness to engage and not often you get people who do want to transform. I mean, I know quite a few in my life who are actually quite content where they are. So that was uh, that's something I'd love to learn a little bit more about at some, some point. Maybe we can have a discussion off the call. So Tal, can we chat a bit about why change has to happen systemically and not just on the surface? Our moonshot goal for the planet cause is to help build a more sustainable future with the creative work we do around sustainable messaging for our clients' brands. Firstly, one of our prerequisites for working with clients is that we have to work with people and businesses that have a sustainability at the core of their model. 
but I have a lot of questions around how to enable transformation. How exactly do we get to change the world systemically for such a big moonshot? Do we need more people for Groundswell? Do we need more money in order to reach more people? Or do we just need to continuously influence one person at a time? In other words, what is the Holy Grail? Well, obviously there is a Holy Grail and I think it's a necessity for change. Um, and this necessity of change is what uh, from a colleague of mine, John Elking, uh, also described recently as the uh, escape velocity of the, uh, the situation that we're in. We're now really in a kind of acceleration of the same movement that we haven't had in the past, right? Um, I usually take my clients also into the history of sustainability. And obviously, we already had a nature movement uh, in the first industrialization, right? And uh, back to nature call. But we then also had calls uh, more recently in the 60s where, we, where people looked at the systemic nature of things. We might remember Kenneth Boulding and the spaceship Earth metaphor. Or we had the Club of Rome and their, their scenarios and that were putting us on this kind of exponential negative limits to growth debate. But what we see now is really that uh, the acceleration in the Anthropocene uh, that we are being uh, seeing and discussing in, in many different formats and different uh, platforms is something that is now taking us into a debate which is much more framed not just a sense around fear and and the sense of urgency or, or, or hyper purpose it's really a kind of a conversation that brings these kind of trends of abundance technically logically available that we never had before that enable us to complete uh, new complex systems supported by ai that we never had an option before so we are moving uh, uh, and, and shifting the debates at different levels now. So we, we can have a discussion around uh, degrowth at the same time as the discussion around technological advancement. And that obviously somehow doesn't seem to fit together. So we really need to have this kind of a conversation around systemic change and what vision we really hold for the future. What, per, uh, what perspective we have on the role of the human being, alongside uh, artificial intelligence, alongside different modes of governance, um, and there could be quite authoritative um, good modes of governance, but there could also be a very uh, different forms of governments, which um, might be uh, available through com new kind of computing and cyber uh, technology we never had before, which give us much more transparency at the, ones, uh, at the one hand, but also much more kind of uh, privacy again at the at the other end. So we haven't really started the conversation yet on what kind of systems we really need and, and want. And to that end, we need much more debate across the different sectors that are actually engaging within the new technology, within sustainability, within the new work world, within the coaching community that's trying to put the human spirit and, and potential and bring these different uh, conversations together that people get a sense of, oh, this is a new society that we are really wanting to build. I mean, it seems like the escape velocity is pointing to a revolution that hasn't really found its revolutionary spirit yet.
Gosh, that sounds very multidimensional and, uh, but at the same time, very um, systemic as, as, as we were discussing. I love this statement of yours, Tell. Now is the time when the state of our planet calls for a revolution, love and courage beyond what we have collectively aspired to in the past. At The Planet Calls, we share a similar ethos, and that is to help imagine and build a truly sustainable world. Now, here's the problem that we face. No country is on track towards achieving any of the SDGs. And since the SDGs and the Paris Agreement on Climate Change is calling for deep transformation in every country, that requires decisive action by governments, civil society, science and business. I'm curious to hear what you think are the challenges and barriers that we face in trying to achieve the SDGs. We had um, Paul Pormann, for example, from Unilever, the former CEO, uh, saying that CEOs need to be activists. Everyone who has got capital needs to be an activist. So leadership these days is very much around leading us into a kind of new systemic world that we want to shape, that we want to be part of, where we actually feel that we make a meaningful contribution. And that kind of leadership and this link between leadership and capital and leadership and power is the ultimate game in town. And I'm not sure that we can pinpoint it to certain governments at this point in time only, although we see very positive examples when we look at the European Union with their kind of roadmap and their vision for kind of decarbonized circular economy. Uh, or if you look at individual countries uh, uh, in, in Europe and their uh, perspectives on how they want to bring things forward. And some have been on this journey for longer, some are just joining, but you also see this kind of um, thinking seeping through all different continents and this really uniting all uh, human progress in a way, because we either have a reactionary movement to all of this or we have a progressive movement. And we need to bring these progressives from all over the world together and be much more effective in networking these kind of interests and um, get out of the silos that we have operated in in the past. Well, that's 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 one thing really to 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 bring things forward. Um, but it's, there's also then the, the question of how do we actually um, make sense collectively of this new new sustainability movement and the SDGs and the um, trajectory that we should be on. And is it really government that should be driving this? Um, yes, there's a degree where we need new policies and where we need to have the regulatory framework in place. But at the same time, if you look at what companies are doing, like uh, uh, Apple, for example, or Microsoft, I mean, or BlackRock, and I mean, 1920, a hundred years ago, um, we were really um, seeing a pandemic. Now we've got the 2020s and we're seeing a new pandemic. But amidst this pandemic, we see this kind of commitment from a black rock to shift towards sustainable investing. We see a hookup of Microsoft and uh, MSCI index, fostering ESG data in a way at the, and, and the analysis of with AI and uh, an unprecedented scale and enabling complete new Look probably in the next couple of years on, on, on global 
supply chains and new financial products that, that link governance and sustainability in any new way. We see an Apple that announced a kind of carbon neutrality for its own products, but also for its whole supply chain by 2030, which is a completely different uh, ambition, but also going down into the circular economy by breaking down the components and e even releasing uh, reports on the, materi the materials and their kind of uh, toxicity or the kind of relevance to sustainability. So we're seeing their level of corporate movement um, and and the link up between technology and and sustainability that we haven't had at the horizon before. So I think what we are seeing now is um, that companies for the next five years will give a huge push to the solar agenda and governments will be forced to actually make sure that there will be a level playing field and that there will be um, the impetus also for the smaller companies to, to follow track. Tell, we sadly have run out of time and we're so delighted that you could join us today on our show uh, and for sharing your expertise with our listeners. How can folks get in touch with you? It would be great to connect uh, either via LinkedIn, uh, my LinkedIn profile, or um, uh, send me an email to tell at onetransformation.com. That's the number one and transformation.com. Sal, it was amazing chatting to you today and learning more about transformation and strategies. We're wishing you all the best going forward. Thank you both. It was wonderful speaking with you.